Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. We'd like to give a quick shout out to Lewisburg, North Carolina. All right. Yay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. Uh, It's Sunday for us. A hot Sunday again. 96 degrees outside. I think the heat uh, index is like 115. You could, we were outside, we went and got some coffee together. Shout out to Carpe Diem in Mobile. Love that Excellent. place. Excellent. Excellent. I think that, is, that and the beignets is the, yeah. my favorite places in Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice. It was a spur of the moment uh, coffee date and I uh, got the peanut butter scream. And you were so excited because we found out they had nitro cold brew. Nitro. It is. You know, it was just as good as that popular place that everyone goes to. Yes, that we will not call by name. But it was really good. I even took a little sip. You were, it was smooth. It was good. Mm. It was good. And my peanut butter scream. I know it sounds weird to have coffee with peanut butter, but oh, my word. So good. So if you go by there, try it. Try it. Try it. Try it. I just like that smooth coffee. Yeah. The nitro is mm-hmm. so smoothing. It's just very so smooth, smooth, so smooth and powerful, and it just wakes me up. My eyes pop open, and I just want yeah. to talk. You're just very smooth. You're you're a smooth person. Smooth yes. operator. Smooth operator. All yeah. right. Well, okay. You can check us out at Grace in the Shadows. Uh, You've got me singing that in my head now. And... Uh, <laughs> You can text or call 251-244-4645, or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Let us know what your favorite coffee place is and what your favorite coffee is. Yes. All right. What you got for us? Well, the heaviest vehicle pulled over 100 feet. Now, get this. This is interesting. Okay. The heaviest vehicle ever pulled over 100 feet level course weighed 57,243 Kilograms, that's 126,200 pounds, mm. according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Reverend Kevin Fast of Canada set the record in live with Regis and Kelly television show New York City 2008. Did he pull it with his eye sockets? It was a, no, that was best <laughs> This no, was I'm a fire teasing. truck he pulled. Yeah. Oh, okay. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The largest hamburger commercially available. Hmm. August 29th, 2008. Oh, there's a lot of stuff in 2008. Yeah. Hmm. There's a hamburger available on the menu at Mally's Sports Grill and Bar in Southgate, Michigan. Okay. It weighs 164.8 pounds. Nuh-uh. Making it the largest commercially available hamburger. Oh, my word. Okay. <laughs> That's that's interesting. Yeah. Can you imagine? Has, did somebody eat it? It didn't say. But I think it'd be quite difficult. Yeah, one of those where if you eat it all, your meal's free. I don't think. You I don't want to think do that. any one person could eat that. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so either. Yeah. We're having hamburgers for supper, but it's not going to weigh that much. Oh, thank Just you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the hairiest man. Oh no. Victor okay. Larry Ramos Gomez and okay. Gabriel Danny Gomez, tales from Mexico, are part of a family that suffered from a rare medical condition known as congenital generalized hypertrichosis. 
This condition is characterized by excessive hair growth on the face and torso. The men in the family are covered in thick hair on almost their entire bodies, except for hands and feet. Meanwhile, the women have a lighter to medium amount of hair. Um, And it's one of Guinness World's world's records ever. Yeah. That would be... That would be difficult, I would think. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, today we're going back to our Bible character Bible study on Samuel. All right, Samuel. Okay. Turn to chapter two. All right. Of First Samuel. Okay. And if you would read Dr. Marla, uh, verses one through two. Okay. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Well, this is quite interesting because Hannah just gave her son away. Okay. To God. Yes. And we know in the New Testament that God loves a cheerful giver. True. Well, Hannah was quite cheerful here. She was. I mean, she just gave her son away, but she also knew that God gave her that son. So I think that's why she was cheerful. And and uh, she says, she says that my heart rejoices in the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is very similar to Mary's uh, Mary Magnificat yes. in Luke, where it says yes. that I rejoice in God, my Savior. And yes. she's talking about Jesus, right? Uh, very similar type of. Uh, the way the prayers are organized, pattern, mm-hmm. are very yeah. similar. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So the horn is exalted in the Lord. Do you know mm-hmm. what the horn usually represents? Uh, I don't know. I well, do that's not okay. Know. The horn okay. in the Old and New Testament, for that matter, is often representative and it gives a picture of strength and power. Ah, okay. You can see this in Psalm 75 and Psalm 92.10. And this is because the strength of a, an ox or steer could be expressed in a horn. But basically oh. what Hannah is doing is giving all power and glory to him because the Lord is all powerful. Mm-hmm. And so, so she's she, basically saying mm-hmm. the Lord is her strength. I'm sorry I interrupted the Lord, you. No, that's okay. You're exactly right. The okay. Lord is Hannah's strength. We should all say that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She says, I smile at my enemies. Mm. Who do you think she's thinking about there? Oh, the other wife. What was her name? Penana. Yes, because she was quite rude to her. Oh, she was she making have, fun of her. Yeah, because she couldn't have any children. So I'm thinking she's thinking about that, definitely. Yeah. Penana was cruel to Hannah. Hannah was yes. humble. Mm-hmm. You know, God exalts the humble. Yes. And he humbles the prideful. Yes, he does. And then she says, no one is holy like the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, holy, there's none besides you. No, not one. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you look at a lot of cults that try to say that, you know, that, you know, Jesus is a lesser God or. Or mm-hmm. there's other Mormons would say that there's other gods. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to come here and say, for there's none beside you. No, mm-hmm. there's none, o- none other God. Right. And that shoots this right out of the, right out of the sea, <laughs> right yes. out of the water. Right. Yeah. 
Go ahead and read uh, verse 3. Okay. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. Talk no more so proudly. Once again, I think she's re- implying Penina. I think so. Yeah. And Penina is kind of symbolic or representative mm-hmm. of all the prideful people in the world. Mm, yes. You can think about uh, Ham- Haman in mm-hmm. uh, Esther. Haman. Yes. yes. You can think of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. You can think of Esau. Yes. You can think of all the prideful people in the Bible, and you can see mm-hmm. that uh, this is representative of them. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. For the Lord God is of knowledge. The Lord mm-hmm. is the God of knowledge. Yes. So the best reason that we have to forsake any type of arrogance mm-hmm. is Jesus. Yes. Because we know nothing. Right. We can do nothing without God. Correct. Yeah. Go ahead and read Hannah's uh, 4 through 8. This is very interesting here. Okay. The, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children. But she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. Yeah. Hmm. The bows of the mighty are broken. Mm. God knows how to humble the arrogant. Yes, he does. Yes, uh, he does. Those who were full have hired themselves out of bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always need to be humble before God. Right. You know, we're talked about, Jesus talks about the publican, not Republican, but publican and Pharisee. <laughs> right. One, they both, you know, they both were before God. Mm -hmm. One said, I thank God. This was the publican. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was the uh, Pharisee. He said, I thank God I'm not like that publican or that tax collector. (laughs) And the tax collector beat his chest and was in tears saying, God, I am unworthy. Forgive me a sinner. Right. And it was the publican, the Mm -hmm. tax collector that went home forgiven. Right. That reminds me of this here. Mm-hmm. God humbles the prideful and exalts the humble. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, and the does. greatest example of that's Jesus himself. Oh, yes. Yes. He went into an animal trough mm-hmm. where animals did lots of things in it. Right, right. No mm. one really recognized him. No. He had to run to Egypt mm-hmm. with his humble family. Right. Because some evil king was paranoid. Yeah. Mm. And he lived a life of humility and humiliation, for that matter. Yes. And we know because of what he did on the cross and resurrection, Mm -hmm. that he will come, he will be exalted. Mm -hmm. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every mouth will confess that Jesus Amen. Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have lots of money, we need to be humble and thank God. Right. If, we're, if we don't make lots of money, and we need to be humble and thank God. Yes, definitely. Because it's mm-hmm. the God, it's God behind it that puts us where we are. Yes. And that's humbling for us, too, I think. Yes, it is. It is. Eight through ten. Okay. For the pillars of the earth. Go ahead and read 8 through 10. You read that. Read it again, 8 through 10. Okay. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. Mm. Hannah was confident in God's sovereignty. Yes, she was. You yes, know, she was. People say, you really put a lot of stock in God's sovereignty. And I, mm. you know, I do. Yes, we should. Because we should, because man, that makes life a lot more, it gives you a lot more peace and solace. Yes, it does. Yes. And it's also humbling <laughs> mm-hmm. to realize his love. Yes. Because we're not worthy. No, we're not. But Hannah says this, the foundation of the earth are the Lord's. She's, she's saying he's in control. Mm-hmm. And he can do what he wants. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Uh, for by strength, no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken. This is the Lord that that exalts and humbles, mm-hmm. just like he did with Pharaoh. Right. Yes. Pharaoh sovereignly was placed in that position, and at mm-hmm. the same time, he was humbled by God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, what king do you think he's talk- she's talking about here? Oh. There was no king yet in Israel. There was no king. Huh. Is she talking about Jesus? She's talking about the Messiah, Jesus. Right. Okay. She's talking about <clears throat> the anointed one. Mm-hmm. Jesus would mm-hmm. be the one that will be uh, ruler, all powerful, all strength, all power, all glory will be given to this king, and he will reign forever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's mm. not talking about David. It's not talking about Solomon. It's talking about King Jesus. Jesus, yes. Yeah. Mm. Read 11 and 12. Okay. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. So Elkanah <clears throat> went. They did it. It was hard to leave mm-hmm. his son behind. Yes. But they promised God. They made a covenant. Right. But in the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. This, this little guy, mm-hmm. four years old, five years old, was already passionate about Jesus. Yeah. What a great example of how kids can be on fire for the Lord mm-hmm. and how we underestimate children. We do. We really do. I mean, 
I remember when our kids were, were little, I mean, they basically pointed us to Jesus just with the things they would say and do. <clears throat> remember when we would get close to church and, and they would say, uh-oh, uh-oh church. church. Yeah, I do. I do. That was fun. One guy used to give them candy and oh uh-oh, yes. church and they would yeah. smile because they also associate to candy, which isn't always good. Well, yeah, but, but it was, it they was always funny. loved it. They loved going to church and that's, that's a good thing. Definitely. So here you have Samuel, who is he's being taught and reared with uh, Eli, the priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel will be a priest. Yes. And technically, mm-hmm. Eli's sons were supposed to take Eli's place. Right. But it says Eli's sons were corrupt. They were wicked. The <laughs> ancient Hebrew calls them sons of Belial. Belial mm-hmm. was a pagan god. Uh, refers mm-hmm. to a worthless, wicked men. Yeah. They yes. did not know the Lord. No. So the knowledge that Eli had did not get to his son. No. I think that's the most terrifying thing to be mm-hmm. cognizant of as a believer. I agree. I agree. That we can do this and miss our children. Right. Once again, I think of uh, Sunday. Not mm-hmm. Sunday the day. Uh, the mm-hmm. evangelist. Right, Billy Sunday. Billy yes. Sunday. Mm-hmm. His sons peed on his grave, urinated on his mm-hmm. grave because they were they that. were reprobate. Right. If we win the whole mm-hmm. world to Christ and we lose our own kids to the devil, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. lost. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read thirteen through seventeen if you would. Okay. <clears throat> Now, it was a practice of the priest that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up by the the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, the priest servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, Give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. This sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. So basically, the priest had a custom. Mm -hmm. And with many sacrifices, they would take a portion to give to God. First, mm-hmm. right, and a portion to give to the priest, and a portion that was kept by the one who brought the offering. Right. After so many years, the priestly custom began to change. I mean, we we start to twi- twinge it a little bit, change mm-hmm. it a little mm-hmm. bit, and when, that can be dangerous. Right. Um, <clears throat> before they burn the fat, God's portion was always supposed to be first. Yes, that's the reason why Cain's sacrifice, I believe was mm-hmm. rejected by God right. because the blood, the fat was mm-hmm. not given first. Uh, that was, or, that was ordained or, and decreed by God. Right. And so we see here before the fat was burned, fat back then was very, that was the best. Mm-hmm. We don't think of that, you know, now <laughs> I got fat on my steak. I, I start complaining if I have fat on my steak. You do. Yes. But then, Fat was a good thing. Right. And they gave that to God and they would burn it. 
and it would be a sweet aroma to his nostrils of sacrifice. Right. But they began not to do that. Right. They began to take what they, their own stuff first. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting, you know, they, they began to, to put things in the pot and mm-hmm. take the, whatever they got out of it. And a lot yeah. of times it was far more than what they were sacrificing. Right. Um, and so, and they did this because they hated God and they were, they would even sell it, sell what they got mm-hmm. to make money. Mm-hmm. They would take the fat and the meat that they had uh, and they would sell it to other people to make money out of greed. Mm-hmm. And it says here, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The greatest of the sins of Eli's sons was clear because through their greed, violence, intimidation, they made other people not want to worship the true God. Right. And isn't that true with the church today? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. One of the biggest things I hear, I hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's an excuse. And, you know, there's no excuse that at the end of the day, you reject God, you reject God. Right. But there's so many hypocrites in the church. Oh, there are, unfortunately. Yep. You know, and I don't want to worship a God that has people like that. Right. Mm. And once again, truth's truth. You're yeah. accountable for what you rejected. Yes. But yes. people are using the same excuse as they did with Eli's son. You're right. 2,000, 2,500 years ago. Yes. Yes. Mm. Go ahead and read 18 through 21. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Wow. This is pretty cool, huh? This little bit here yeah. is cool. Yeah. She adds some personal uh, story here. Did you see mm-hmm. the personal? She, she made him a little coat. I love that. Kind of like I my grandma that. used to make me. Aw. Little John yeah. John will love this little coat. <laughs> she made him a little coat to wear, and she brought right. it to Eli the priest and Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, you can see her just being so blessed and thankful. Yeah. What else yeah. do you see? She, she, she had other children. Yes. God blessed her. He yeah. sure did. Three. Where was it? Three sons and two daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it Love said it. the Lord visited Hannah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, it says in Psalm 139 that the Lord knits the, you're, you, you knitted you together in your mother's womb. The right. Lord knitted her children. Mm-hmm. He he knitted these children in her mother in mother's womb and Hannah's yes. womb. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Read verse twenty-two through twenty-six. Okay. All right. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing uh, to all Israel and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance in the tent of meeting. So he said to them, "Why do you do such things?" I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons. No, my sons. The report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will 
to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. So, you know, and this is kind of emphasizing Eli. Yes. Eli's getting old. Yeah. And he's he reflecting. And I think mm-hmm. he's feeling like he, he really cheated his son. And he probably I so. did. Yeah, he, I think so did. too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Eli let his sons uh, kind of rule. Yes. Agreed. Because they were sleeping with those people that were at, were Ugh. were supposed to be serving at the tabernacle, the girls, the women. Right, right. Awful, awful. Mm. Yeah, and mm. he says, "Why do you do such things?" You know, Eli did about the worst thing a parent can do in trying to correct their children: just talk. <laughs> yeah. All he did was whine about what they did wrong. He never took the initiative. To correct mm-hmm. and discipline. No, he did not. <clears throat> Scripture says to spare the rod is to spoil the child. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always mean to give him a whooping. No. But it means to discipline. And sometimes I believe it does mean that. Right, right. Because when you spare the rod and you let them off the hook, you're basically saying it's okay to rebel against God. Mm-hmm. They're not just rebelling against you, mom and dad. They're right. rebelling against God. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anything else you see here? Uh, it's just they were, they were just so quite nasty to their father. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just see their, their attitudes and how quite nasty they were. Um, they didn't listen. <clears throat> and it also says for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. So, we see the the foreshadowing of what God's going to do with them. <clears throat> yes, next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord desired, you know, you can go so far that it's basically you're unredeemable. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, why, that's why today is the day of salvation. Don't mm-hmm. wait for tomorrow. There may not be tomorrow. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and read 27 through 33. Okay. Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors' family when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people? Mm. Where'd you want me to stop? Just uh, to um, 33. Okay. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house so that no one in it will remain, will reach old age and you will see distress in my dwelling. Although good will be done to Israel, no one in your family line will ever reach old age. Every one of you that I do not cut off from serving at my altar, I will spare only to destroy your sight and sap your strength and all your descendants will die in the prime of life. Now, we don't know who this man of God was, but this guy was, this guy was a man of God, nevertheless. Right. And right. he had a powerful message. Yes, he did. 
And sometimes as a child of the king, we got to say hard things. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we're not here to just, oh, it's okay to sin. Uh, we're not here mm-hmm. to coddle. We don't need to be unneededly uh, uh, hateful. Right. But we need to speak truthfully. Mm-hmm. And that's what this man of God did. Yeah. Um, man, Eli had mm. it all, in a sense. He did, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that song from Whitney Houston. Didn't we almost have it all? <laughs> this would be right. a good song yeah. uh, for Eli and his yeah. kids. Yeah. Mm. But he's going to remove the sons, and he's going to make Samuel the high priest. Yep. This little guy. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead and read the prophecy. This is the last part, 34 through 36. Okay. And what happens to your two sons, Hophni and Phineas, will be assigned to you. They will both die on the same day. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house, and they will minister before my anointed one always. Then everyone left in your family line will come and bow down before him for a piece of silver and a loaf of bread and plead, appoint me to some priestly office so that I can have food to eat. Yeah. Mm. So he prophesied. Right. Next chapter, you'll see what happens. It comes true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. raising up a faithful priest. Yes. You know, I think there's a dual prophecy here. A mm-hmm. dual prophecy means there's two meanings to it. Right. It can be fulfilled twice. Mm-hmm. It's fulfilled through Samuel, but it's ultimately fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the high priest. Right. Right. Uh, Hebrews 7 mm-hmm. uh, states that. Jesus comes as a priest forever through the uh, order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is pretty cool stuff. It really is. It really is. God's not playing. No. No, he does not. Do you have anything you would like to add, Dr. No, I just, I think that this just shows us kind of what we've talked about before, how we we need to have a close relationship with our family. We need to bring up our children in the fear and admonition of God. And we need to try to always point them to Jesus. We're going to make mistakes, but it's very important for us to spend that time with them, to bring them up in the Lord, and to continue that prayer for them all their lives while we're still alive. And it's so important, I think. And I also think that you're exactly right. Uh, Eli had put his sons ahead of God. He committed idolatry with his own children. And that's easy to do. Yeah, it It is. It really is. I mean, when when you're spending more time and more attention in that Mm -hmm. towards your children than you are to God, that is is not a good thing. And this shows us that. It Mm -hmm. shows us how it is not a good thing. And it also helps us remember that. God can take your mess, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome day. Goodbye.